Welcome to today's podcast, What is Love, with John and Stephanie. We hope you will be stretched and grow into Jesus in a greater way. Well, what an interesting night I've had. It was a night of struggle, a night of mental chaos, extreme emotions, because the enemy is attacking today, if you can tell, even in the public, the strategy of the enemy is to attack identity. Because if he can attack identity, he can attack both God and you, and who he is to you and who you are to God, how God sees you and how you see God. It's an attack against relationship. See, I had a wonderful experience with God. I read a book. I think it was called God Chasers by Tommy Tenney. And that set me on fire. I wanted to know God. It had so many stories in it about God showing up and uh, because people were hungry and thirsty for him. And I said, well, if he can show up in a church, he can show up in my home. What's the church got to do with it? Just because it's a, bu- a different type of building doesn't mean anything. So I decided to seek and I set myself to find him. And I would, uh, I worked back then, I worked flooring. I did flooring all over the United States for years. And I would put in headphones and listen to teaching or, or worship music for eight hours while I was installing tile on floor or doing whatever I was doing flooring, carpet, uh, tile, wood, it didn't matter. But uh, I would listen to worship or preaching. And then I would come home and I would study the Bible, pray, worship. I just, I was hungry. I wanted to know this God. And then slowly he started to manifest his presence. And I hit this point where his presence would show up so strong with me in in my room. We would be together for hours. And then I would walk out of the room and my wife would go to bring the laundry or or something else into the bedroom. And she couldn't get in the room because the, the, the the residue of his presence was still in there so thick, she wasn't used to it. She backed out of the room and said, I can't, I can't even go in there. This was a time of angels visiting, uh, but equally it was also the demonic showing up trying to distract. One day, I was in the shower. I don't remember what I was listening to. I had something on the radio while I was in the shower. But anyway, I remember the spirit came over me And it brought with it terror, fear, condemnation that was supernatural. It wasn't human fear. It was an emotion that was so heightened, it was paralyzing. And with the emotion came this, I guess you could say voice or thought, but it was loud. And it said, God has removed his spirit from you. And the mixture of those two caused total chaos and for me to spin out in my life completely. I was a wreck. I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for, I think it was a week, night and day. I mean, I'd lay in bed and there was no rest. There was not. I couldn't get an hour's sleep. 
So I had black rings under my eyes. I couldn't eat food. I would try to even take a bite of an apple and swallow it. My throat would reject it. I'd spit it back out. I lost like 20 pounds. I, uh, it was something supernatural. But what it was, which I didn't know back then, it was an attack on my identity, see, because God had shown up and was establishing identity as a son. And the things that, that I didn't know and the way the enemy was able to attack was that once God chooses you, he doesn't unchoose you. He's not going to change his mind. If he chose you as a son, he chose you as a son. Because there's this word in the Old Testament called Hasid. And it's a covenant word that they've translated into many different words because they don't know what to do with it because it's a covenant word. They translate it mostly loving kindness. It's translated mercy. But what it is is it's God's faithfulness. David used it when he said that God pursued him all the days of his life. That pursuing is the covenant Hasid. That God is faithful. God doesn't choose you as a son and then your wrong attitude or your wrong action, he turns away from you and walks away. That's not who he is. That's not what he does. Back then, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. See, through my religion that I was raised in, they taught me an angry God, which I'm sure most of you have probably been taught. That if we're not... (laughs) <laughs> they first they come to you and they tell you God loves you you're you know yeah you just accept God he'll accept you the way you are he loves you and then once you're in you better obey or else you go from father god to the godfather and um it's it's not true it's just flat out not true god doesn't love you less after you receive him It just doesn't even make sense. But the reason I honestly believe that the church moved to fear-based preaching and teaching to scare people into the kingdom was because when you believe that the Holy Spirit has been removed from the church, that there's no more signs and wonders, that all that died with the apostles, um, you know, there's no more gifts of the Spirit, you're pretty much, you've kicked the Holy Spirit out of the church, you've also kicked out your trust in Him to be able to convict hearts. So if you don't have the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you preach the true gospel of grace and love, then you're reduced down to a fear-based gospel because it's a human effort to get people into the kingdom. But the only problem is once the fear wears off, they're not really changed because they didn't really hear the gospel. See, when God, you, me, when we name something, there's a reciprocal part of that. I cannot come up to my wife, Stephanie, and call her my wife without also identifying myself as her husband. There's always an opposite of what we're naming. So that means God is obligating himself when he calls us something. And he says, you are my son, you are my daughter. He obligates himself as father. And if he actually, which what he does is he he says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased, which means if you're the beloved, he's the one who pours out the love. 
There was no stipulation in that statement. Because judgment is for a later time. God's not going to do an early judgment on you. Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Now, the way I've looked at that and the way God showed me this is that we're not taught that we have to give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. Well, at least I wasn't taught that. I can't say we're as in a blanket statement, but in my religion that I grew up in, they never said you had to team up with Holy Spirit because basically, they, like I said, they, if they kick him out, <laughs> there's no Holy Spirit to team up with. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And then he switches over and says, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ. So I believe what he's saying here is that you're not to be in the flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in you. But what it is, is you're supposed to be manifesting the Spirit of Christ because of the Spirit that's in you. And if you're not manifesting the Spirit of Christ in you, through you, then you're not His. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It's saying you haven't been given over to the Spirit to let Him do His work. Um, you see, I can be married to my wife, but if I don't give myself over to her, I'm not hers. Yet I'm still married. So just remember, when God names something, he also obligates himself. And he doesn't change his mind. So here's a quick clip I want you to hear of a prophecy that was given to me. Father, I just thank you right now for your son John, that you have fresh bread for him, that you love him, and you just want to reveal yourself to him. Like, I'm instantly reminded of Jesus in the boat with the with the disciples and the storm that's going on. But the, for you, the storm's taking place up here. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's caused a lot of cloudiness in the mind, but there's also been the lightning strikes. But these lightning strikes for you have been more of like anxious moments. And it's been hard to keep them calm. And, and it's like, and so, the, but then the other side of that is you feel like this pressure of like, Eve, little faith, and, if, and that's been condemning you. And, but that's not the intention of that verbiage of what he's saying. He's saying, you who have not had the opportunity to grow the muscle faith. And so it's really about you coming into a place of being able to grow your faith muscle, uh, which is, you know, how do you build muscle? Through resistance, and, th and, and through pressure, and through continuous using of it. And so the Lord is building up a place for you to continuously use your faith in order to build greater strength. And you're going to see that. And you've been like, you've almost been like, probably even been I feel like everything's falling down around me. And you're, and it's kind of like, well, I'm just like Job. But God was showing off Job. He wasn't trying to test Job. He was trying to show Job off. So because he was already assured who Job was. And that's what I want to tell you. He knows who you are. He's sure of you. He believes in you. He has faith in you. He's literally taking his faith of who he is and then placing it on the inside of you and saying, this is my son. I, I know what I've created. I know what who he is. And see, he doesn't make bad things. He doesn't make faulty things. He doesn't make things that are valueless. He makes things that their value cannot be measured. And so your value cannot be measured. And so, Father, I ask right now that you would just 
that you would show him the light tower in the midst of his storm, that you would guide him, and that you would give him a surety. You are with him right now. And I just hear him say, John, do not be afraid of the ground trembling, because I have your feet in a, in a strong, firm place. Do not be afraid of the ground that trembles beneath you, because I have your feet in a sure place. That'll give you an idea of how God wants us to work through our issues with Him. Because the goal of God is always going to be His image. His goal is always going to be to transform you into the image of His Son. Now you heard Him say, just like with the disciples, with Jesus in the storm. See, what you're facing, I always heard people give testimony about their storms, but it's all it was always an outer storm. And I could never connect with it. You know, they'd say, oh, my finances are in the tank. I'm struggling, about to lose my house, my car, I'm in this storm. Or, you know, my wife's or husband's ready to leave me. My kids are on drugs. No one would ever talk about their inner storm. I faced the inner storm of anxiety, depression, terror, fear, condemnation. Because it was an attack that the enemy did back in the shower when he attacked me and said, God's taken away his spirit. So I became the rejected. And because the enemy attacked me, I became the victim. Now my identity's changed instead of the beloved son. And the father's identity has changed instead of the loving father. Now he's the angry father who's not pleased. Everything is an attack on your identity. So this storm I was in, there are lightning strikes. Yes, those lightning strikes were, it was a thought that would come in that I would ruminate over because I thought I could fix it if I could find the problem, but the problem was the rumination. Rumination simply means like a cow chewing its cud. So if a thought came in, um, you've sinned unto death. It would drive me crazy because of that attack in the shower. And the emotions that came with everything were so absolutely intense. The lie was extremely real. And when a lie is real, it's frightening. Because it, it, it's not a lie to you. So the lightning strikes were anxiety attacks where I would ruminate over one thing. And the rumination only makes things worse. It makes the anxiety increase to the point to where you feel like you need to be in a mental institution or drink a bottle of whiskey or do something. You have to do something to get the mind to calm down. And that comes from a lack of identity, see? The, the enemy wants identity because that's so important. God is love. He is patient. He's kind. He does not have an attitude because you sinned or you did something stupid. You need to be established in your identity because when you establish yourself in the identity of the, that the Father has called you, and when you learn from Him who you are, the sins and all those habits that are not of Him start to fall away because you know who you are. Most sin is searching for identity outside of God. So when that identity of who you are is established with God, your Father, all that stuff starts to fall away and you start growing up, going from glory to glory. But as you notice in the, uh, the prophecy, he said, that God's trying to establish me in my faith. So 
We have to be secure in that. The Bible says that God cloaks himself in darkness. <laughs> I never understood that, but wherever the darkness is at, he's hidden within it somewhere. He's hiding. He's there. He hasn't left you, forsaken you. The darkness that I face, he's right here with me. Do I feel him? No. Would it be nice if I did? Absolutely. Do I feel him at times? Yes, here and there. But he wants faith. He wants my faith to build. Because if I can establish myself in who he is and who I am, I'm never going to be moved like this again. I'll never face this again. So be happy about your trials. Because it's God allowing you to exercise your faith. To come up higher. To experience him in a new dimension. Because what he's trying to honestly do is you have a calling on your life. Everybody does. And until you're established on who he is and who you are, you can't go into a ministry or you can't go into your calling or whatever you have to do. It may just be your family you're called to, to be a witness to. You don't have to have a big building and millions of people showing up in Africa and you on a stage. Take care of your neighbor. Take care of those in your own household. But you can't do that if you don't know who he is and you don't know who you are. Because the enemy will see that. He will attack you and shut you down. So when the enemy comes in with his anxiety, his thoughts, his rejection thoughts, my victim mentality thoughts, faith will laugh at him. Faith will praise the Father in the midst of it without feeling anything. Without, matter of fact, you feel the opposite. You feel the fear pressing in against you. Isn't this what Jesus experienced in the garden? He felt the thoughts that were going through his head and he was resisting them to the point of bleeding out of his pores. The temptation to resist his calling to go to the cross. He faced extreme pressure. I don't know whether it was fear, anxiety. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he felt in the moment, but whatever it was in that moment, it was so extreme, he bled through his pores of his skin to resist it. Yet he was there praying and worshiping his father. Faith isn't always feel good, presence of God, this is wonderful, we're floating on cloud nine on the mountain. Faith doesn't count until it's in the valley. <laughs> faith is easy in his presence, but the valley shows you whether it was faith or just a feel good feeling you were depending on. And me, and my youth, when he visited me in my home, Mine was a feel-good feeling. As long as I felt him, he was there. And that's a lie. I don't need to feel him to know he's there. He's God. He's everywhere. He's with me. And I'm telling you what, this is one of the most difficult things I've ever been through. To believe God is with me when you feel fear. When you feel the anxiety. When you feel the terror. And to turn and worship him in the midst of that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. When you feel no presence whatsoever, but you believe he's with you. <laughs> he is with you. He's with you right now. And he will manifest himself here and there. You'll sense him in your heart. But he wants faith. He wants your faith to grow. Because he wants your identity to be strong 
in what you believe, not in what you feel or sense. And like I said, hang in there. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you because of what you're going through, because he's using what you're going through. Even if you sin in the midst of it. I did some of the worst things in my life in the midst of this trial. And it helped concrete the idea that he rejected me. So not only did I have to work through the attack of the enemy, now I've had to work through my stupidity and my sins that I committed through the darkness in ignorance, not knowing what was going on. And I don't mean I did ignorant sins. I knew I was sinning. I sinned on purpose. I was angry. I didn't know what God was doing. Why would you reject me? It was the victim mentality. It was foolish and stupid. Anyway, I think this podcast is long enough. I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you learned something. We will see you next time.